105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Hope you're enjoying the long weekend. Can you believe it's August already, Kate? I mean, for me, it's the middle of summer. Then we have August and September is usually not bad. June wasn't bad. July. We haven't been on the boat yet. I know, first world problems, but because of the high water in Lake Ontario, I am hoping that Sunday will be our first day on the boat, which is now cleaned. Forget the boat. I'm talking about how many months you're not in a puffy coat. Yes, well, that's true. But then, you know, I'm, I'm always hot because of, you know, all my okay, hormonal flip-flops. changes. Let's, I'm, let's, uh, you know, let's I, measure it by flip-flops I, yeah, well, or ice cream. And you I wear mean, flip-flops. I think you do wear flip-flops in the middle of winter sometimes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> only when I was pregnant. <laughs> Um, yeah. So later in August, August 24th, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind will be hosting a night filled with food, music and fun while also raising awareness and proceeds for the CNIB Lake Joseph Centre in Muskoka, which helps those living with sight loss. And we're going to be joined by your friends, Christine. Joan Kelly Walker. Mm-hmm. And she's a philanthropist. And Alain Samur, CNIB Senior Director of Philanthropy. And they're going to tell us more about this event and for anyone who wants to buy tickets and yeah. go and we'll find help raise money. Also on the show is Toronto author and speaker Cam Shuka. Now, she's here to tell us about a new book called Girl Power Uncensored. It's a compilation of women's stories, and hers is about embodying love through pain. Now, we're going to find out exactly what that means, um, but she has a great story, says our producer Alex, so stay tuned for that. And film critic Ann Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies, as usual. And our lifestyle expert, Lena Almeida, is going to be here with some really feel-good news. And that is, she's talking about the Air Canada Foundation and the work that they're doing in the community. Okay. We're also going to find out why one-third of Canadians retire earlier than planned. Now, Meridian Credit Union Senior Wealth Advisor Nancy Taylor is going to be in to talk about that. And I'm assuming it's not necessarily because they were retired forcefully, (laughs) as it were. Um, Canadian singer Rhea is also going to close us out in our live studio sessions. So don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk and download our free Apple podcast. Just search What She Said in the app and be sure to subscribe. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So, let's get a... a Meridian five-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. 
Well, on August 24th, the Canadian National Institute for the Blind will be hosting a night filled with food, music, and fun while also raising awareness and proceeds for the CNIB Lake Joseph Centre in Muskoka, and that helps those living with sight loss. So joining us now to tell us more and all about it is philanthropist Joan Kelly Walker and Alain Sumer, CNIB's Senior Director of Philanthropy. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Now, um, the CNIB is, is actually Canada's oldest charity. Is that correct? One of the oldest. One we of the oldest. We celebrated our 100th year last year in 2018. Wow. Now, uh, it definitely holds a special place in the hearts of Canadians across the country. I've done some uh, volunteer work reading news magazines and children's books to tape. Nice. That's wonderful. Uh, for the program. It's all, they're just down the road from me, so it's a, con- a convenient place to go <laughs> and, <laughs> and volunteer. Um, but tell us how, um, for those who don't know, exactly how the CNIB helps Canadians living with sight loss, because there's a lot more than books on tape. There is. Books on tapes and accessible media is very important, but we also have a bunch of great programs such as technology to help people that are blind and partially sighted. We have wellness seminars such as Vision Mates, um, some rehab. We have come to work programs to help people that um, you know are not employed currently, getting them the skills mm-hmm. that they need to be employed in the future. Um, we really try to break barriers and empower people that are blind or partially sighted to go out and live their best life possible. And I think CNIB plays a small role in that and helping them do that. I think CNIB plays a big role <laughs> in helping them do that, honestly. And I'm, I'm talking about my mom specifically because this is one of the reasons why I'm involved. And it, it does make me very emotional. But um, last year, I emceed this event that we're talking about today. And it honestly hadn't even occurred to me that the CNIB can step in and enhance the quality of life for my own mother. She has MS and she was legally blind in one eye for 25 or 30 years, but her other eye is now failing quite a bit. And since I've started this association with the CNIB, it's been incredible the way that uh, the CNIB has come out to my mom's home because she wants to be independent. And they assessed, is this a safe environment for her? So first of all, that makes me feel so much better. Plus, they're offering ideas for tools that are out there of things that are going to make life better for her, like a a large number telephone so she can see properly when she's dialing or, you know, dial the right number because she misdials with the other, uh, with a regular phone. Um, Also things like different magnifying apparatuses and things like that uh, that are suggested from the CNIB. So it's, it's really about confidence for the person with vision loss and confidence for their loved ones to, to give them the best quality of life. Well, I think it's, it's, great that we're doing this having this conversation because I think for many people it's sort of I I don't remember the last time I saw a person with a white cane Mm -hmm. so I know that there are so many more uh, current aids if you will uh, for people that we don't know anything about and so I think the work that's being done in the background we just don't talk about like you're talking about big telephones and all kinds of things and I've heard a couple of conversations about it but I didn't realize how much, but in a hundred years. Yeah, even Blind Square, which is a new app um, that has little beacons in stores. Stores can buy the beacon. It's very, very cheap to rent. And people can go on Blind Square, which is an app on their mobile device. And Blind Square will tell them, you know, where the cash register is, where um, the male's clothing is, where the female's clothing, if they're going into a clothing store, grocery store, where the produce is and everything else. So people can be as independent as they want and, again, live the most successful 
successful life they want to do. Do you drive some of those agendas? We do. CNIB does drive some of those agendas. We do a lot of advocacy work as well. We just recently, last year, started the Guide Dog program. And as you may hear in news all the time, there's taxis that won't take people that are Mm -hmm. blind with guide dogs, that sort of thing. So we do advocate for a lot of different services for our clients. So what's the actual scope of how many Canadians live with vision challenges? So right now, today, we estimate of our clients, there's half a million clients in Canada that um, are blind or partially sighted. 200,000 of those reside in Ontario, but it is estimated that there's about 5.5 million people um, in Canada that could have or will have um, eye issues that can lead to blindness Mm -hmm. or partial sight. So tell us more about the Lake Joseph Centre, because this event that's coming up is particularly for that. Um, You're hoping to turn it into a year-round recreational facility to aid those who are visually impaired in that area. Correct. So Lake Joseph is a wonderful center. It's uh, a place where, you know, I when I go there and I see children that might be the only child in a high school that's completely blind and then they go to a program there and they have 40 kids 100 kids that are just like them so they don't feel singled out exactly and they can talk to them and figure out you know these are some of my dilemmas or some of my challenges what are yours and actually know that they're not alone they can build self-esteem they could do new, new programs they don't have to be benched because the PE teacher doesn't really understand their limitations they can do everything they can mm-hmm. go tubing they can go water skiing they can go boating sailing exactly anything is it sort of uh, something different that is not offered everywhere it is something different because like joe is you know manufacturers and done for people that are blind or partially sighted a lot of the kids and people that are young at heart um, that go there have other limitations physical limitations too so maybe in a wheelchair um, we have two weeks for people that are deaf and blind as well so this camp is specifically for people with certain limitations especially people that are blind or partially sighted to basically do whatever they mm-hmm. want. It's the only space that they can do anything they want. And it's also a really safe environment, but it's also uh, the person with the limitation, but also their family members, mm-hmm. which is really important because, you know, it's a it's a safe environment with people there able to help them and guide them and give them that confidence so that they can just enjoy a beautiful setting and all of those activities. Well, it's absolutely you know, important for children, I believe, to, to get outside, for everyone to get outside. But yeah. do you think there's a possibility that, that this center could grow to be a global leader in accessible recreation if, if this is all new? For sure. I mean, um, two years ago, we had our counterpart of CNIB in Australia and New Zealand that actually brought kids to Lake Joe. And it was wonderful to see them interact with with our youth in mm-hmm. Canada. We have uh, kids from across Canada that do come to Lake Joe. One of the only limitations we have is financial limitations, right? Most people that are blind or partially sighted live under the poverty line. So even we subsidize as much as possible of the camp, but even a $500 fee is sometimes too much for people. Um, the people that do registration uh, tell me all the time that some people just send $10 a month for two years because it's the only vacation mm-hmm. that they want or mm-hmm. want to partake in. And, and they also just love it's it. the transportation costs is Correct. a lot of times the biggest obstacle that's out there. So now uh, CNIB is doing something called Sponsor Camper, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. So you can 
sponsor someone to go there so that you you take that pressure off them about you know the money part of it and just give them this incredible experience okay like, what a gift and, and what a segue because now let's talk about the taste of country event so that's august 24th so joan you're emceeing yes are you going to be line dancing second year in a row i'm going to line dance i'm going to do every <laughs> single thing they have on the list there so what's the fundraising goal from this event oh i think the biggest goal is about three million dollars um and the whole plan is for them to, instead of just having it a, a summer camp, they want to change it to a year-round facility so that they can have other activities in the winter like snowmobiling and cross-country skiing and ice hockey and skating and all of those fun things that Canadians do in the winter mm-hmm. as well. So I think that is, uh, that's the big longer-term goal. But for now, it's uh, for everyone to come to the event, have a great time, enjoy the fireworks, enjoy fireworks. the music. Oh, yeah, we've got our huge display. Wonderful of fireworks really wonderful it's been all donated and I think it'll be the largest display certainly in Muskoka uh, over the course of the summer so we're hoping that everyone will come even if they come on their boats towards the end of the evening but we're hoping people will come to the event because it's going to be jam-packed so so how do people get to come to the event cnib.ca uh taste of muskoka is uh the link to be able to buy tickets tickets are 120 dollars each um, which is incredibly reasonable considering that it's you know great food um all you can drink and and entertainment we have beverly hood leah daniels we have some great stuff planned yeah yeah and and one of my favorite things uh, i'm a total dog lover they Mm -hmm. have the little uh puppies in training the guide dog puppies and it is (gasps) oh you just just, christine i know (laughs) they're so adorable we're gonna do a puppy corral so people can go and hug, hug a puppy. A puppy. <laughs> and where is it going to be? Where is the event going to be? At Lake Joe. It's going to so be right at, so people the, can see the right center, exactly. see what they're supporting. You can see the exactly. facilities. You can see how beautiful that, just the, the grounds of it is. I'd pay $120 just to hug a puppy. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You've I'll hold you. you to that. You'll have to <laughs> if you're looking for us, if we're not line dancing, we'll be okay. in the puppy corral. So it's cnib.ca. You can find all the links there. Joan Kelly Walker, lovely to have you back again. Thank you. And Alain Saumur, thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Joining us now is Toronto author and speaker Kam Shuka, who is here to tell us about a new book called Girl Power Uncensored. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having tell me. Tell us a little bit about the book. It's a compilation of women's stories put together by Atlanta-based media personality Jay Nash, and you are a part of this. Absolutely. I was honored to be a part of it. I spent a lot of time in Atlanta a couple years ago just working and uh, meeting some fabulous women, and to be included was absolutely amazing. Just uh, women sharing their raw, uncut stories. Just sharing their heart. So, so the, I was going to say, the story you've written is called yes. The Lost Doll. So, yes. so tell us what it focuses on. focuses on a little bit of my childhood. So I'm sharing a little bit about what um, happened to me physically. So physically, I did lose a doll when I was about four years old. When we're, you know, when you're doing a little bit of a connection, changing airplanes, I was mm. given this doll leaving the war. So during the Civil War in Uganda, uh, I remember my uncle giving me this doll and I loved it. It just gave me promise and it gave me hope. And leaving it on an airplane and just realizing how brokenhearted I was. I don't think I'd actually 
cried or been able to feel sadness up till that moment. And so the loss of losing that doll just reminded me I'm losing my life. And I found that in life, I've come in contact with that moment. And as we do, we are constantly loving, we're constantly losing. But what are we going to do with that loss? And so that's what I decided to write on. I wanted to write on what do we do after loss? How Mm -hmm. do we deal with that? I lost my dad about 11 years ago, mm-hmm. and that's a pain that has never gone away. It's, it's a heartbreak that I've learned to live with, but what do you do with that pain? How do you transform the loss into power? Well, but you, you have been through so much because the, your, your, your own book, the one you wrote, yeah. Becoming Warrior, yes. that's what you were on talking to us about the, right. about the last time, and that um, talked about your experiences as a war child yes. survivor and a survivor of sexual mm-hmm. abuse. Yeah. So when you talk about embodying love mm. through pain, when did your journey of self-love, self-healing begin? Because you've been through so much. It's that journey I've realized that we are constantly going to have to face day by day. Mm-hmm. So once I decided I wanted to choose life and I wanted to learn to love, but to love myself through the pain, it meant that whatever love I give myself today, whichever way I love today, will have to be done all over again tomorrow. I only have enough for today, and I have to only focus on Still, even this many years later, you, you yeah. really deal with that on a day-to-day Absolutely. basis. Do you ever think you will be able... <gasps> To, to put, over, yeah, to overcome it completely? I think it's, we think healing is a one-time deal, and it's not. And as women, we go through so many different things. So even in, just in life, I have kids. I have to make sure my kids' mental health is good, their emotional strength is there, and I'm also dealing with myself. So if I can take it a day at a time, I have learned that when I choose myself daily... I'm a better person for the next day. So this is definitely a journey I feel like I will be on for a long time. And is it also something that is important to you to teach your children? How to transform pain into empowerment? I'm trying to teach them that, especially my daughter. She's 13. I'm trying to... That's a terrible age for a girl. (laughs) Do you understand? (laughs) Oh, I do. Yes. I had two, 14 months apart. I had 13 for basically... 14 months apart. 14 months apart. When they turn 13, they turn into horrible little beasts that come back to you when they're about 17. Yeah. I'm wondering how long it's going to take. Yeah. Four years. (laughs) So I'm trying to think ahead. And I'm thinking maybe I could set her up in a way where I can give her the tools Maybe she can understand that circumstances are circumstances and situations are situations. And perhaps whatever happens today does not have to define the rest of the high school year or rest of, you know, your two years. And so I'm really trying to be intentional with how I help her mentally and emotionally because I didn't have a very good high school experience and she's getting ready to go to high school. And so I'm just thinking... Maybe I could just um, breathe this one. I could take some deep breaths myself Mm -hmm. and take this slow. Well, understand that if you can get that through to her 
at this age, you will make millions of dollars on a how-to book. Because my experience at that age was they don't, they think you don't know anything. Of like you're so not. stupid. Mark like, Twain. Exactly. Yeah, what would you do? Yeah. Between 14 and 21, my, my father learned a lot. And that time is <laughs> quote like that. I used to think he was stupid. He learned a lot. Yeah. It, it's amazing to me that they actually think we don't know. That we're just, mm -hmm. we're, we just not with it we don't yeah. get it and like, it's like what do you think we were doing just a couple of years ago i mean i'm blessed because this year july i turned 39 so i'm thinking i'm almost 40 i think i can say i know a little something to give you but um i'm realizing i have to build the trust mm -hmm. and i have to keep those open communication lines mm -hmm. i have to constantly try not just to be her friend be her mother but show her that there are some things that i want to be able to do with you i want you to choose me over your friends and i know she'll choose her friends but yeah. I'm gonna try. yeah yeah I'm they, gonna try. yeah they should i mean i i think it's a you know it's a it's a parent's job to um give them all the tools yeah. you can but also to let them go because Absolutely. you have to let them um, fail Absolutely. themselves and without protecting them. You can't be the without. helicopter parent and all the time. Th that's, that's my journey because talking about love and loss is learning to love, is learning to understand loss, and it's learning to still love through that. So I realize that some losses are a lot bigger and some mm -hmm. losses are going to be small ones. Either way, I'm going to be brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. How am I going to go into the next phase of my life? even with that little bit of loss. So I'm trying to teach myself along the way that whatever happens, whatever comes your way, take a deep breath. Remember why you decided that you wanted to embody love and remember that it starts within yourself. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's how we can all love ourselves just a, yeah. a little bit more, you think? Absolutely. What's coming up next for you? I'm... I'm really excited because we are, we are going into the next part of the year, almost coming to an end very soon. And I'm thinking I want to do things differently than I've done in the past. So in the past, I would be booked back to back. I wouldn't have a chance to breathe. And by November, I'd be crashing. I'm thinking if I'm telling everybody else how to love themselves, I want to learn to love myself a little louder as well. So I'm going to be taking some time You're to going just to learn to say no. To say no, and that's mm -hmm. huge. Saying yes, it no, is. <laughs> it's actually a lot bigger than saying yes. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say no so I can say yes to the right things. So where can people go to learn more and, and get a copy of the book? Well, actually, both books. Let, let's yes. start with Girl Power Uncensored, <laughs> yes. the one that you have written the story, The Lost Stall right. in. How can people get that? Where is that available they, for sale everywhere? It's available everywhere online, mm -hmm. Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Just, just if you Google, Google it, the name, Girl Power it. Uncensored. Uncensored. And what about Becoming Warrior? Your, the your same. Own, same thing. The it's same, out yes. there. So I, suggest, I, I did uh, very much in, enjoy reading yeah. that. Thank now, you, you um, also, how do people get in touch with you? Because you speak. You, yes. you go and you I share do. this story to people. That's what you said. You yes. may say no I to the booking, <laughs> but yes. but how would they get in touch with you? They can definitely find me on social media under Cam Shuka. Cam Shuka? Um, yes. Okay. So that's so, K-A-M-S-H-U-K-A. Cam yes, Shuka. That's right. And uh, as well as on my website, www.camshuka.com. And I'm really easy to find. 
So I hope that the people who are looking find me and they get what it is they need because I am a life coach as well and I enjoy uh, teaching and, and showing people what it looks like to learn to embody love is as I learn myself. What would be the biggest lesson you think you can share with people just quickly? A tip. I would say that it may seem like a big deal. A lot of things that happen to us may seem like a big deal, and they probably are to some extent. But it's not too big that you can't get up from it. Mm -hmm. You can rise from there. You can stand up again. You may find yourself still crawling, trying to get up. It may take you a little while, but you will get up. Cam Shuka, thank you very much for joining us thank today. Thank you. Thank you. What she said. What she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. <laughs> and accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. And joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our film critic, Anne Brody. And I understand you've been watching The Good Witch. I saw The Good Witch and I saw Alex in it. Yeah, my daughter. And I will say that this sounds shallow, but I've known her since she was at Shaw. She was like a little tyke Mm -hmm. on the stage. She's grown to be so beautiful. Hmm. Amazing, just yes. a, a lo- and a lovely person too, with good manners, yeah. which is so. I enjoyed uh, watching it. It came up as a surprise, but yeah, I wish there were more episodes well, coming, but if, I don't think so. I I beg to differ. The way they left her character, and the hints that they dropped about her, there's no way they can't pick up that line. So I'm sure she'll be hearing from them later. There's no way they can ignore it. Okay, people at the Good Witch, you heard that. Anne's one of our country's top critics. Go, go with that. <laughs> yes, it, it doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, what about uh, David Crosby and Remember oh. My Name? That's what a big a name. Jerk. Oh, what, what a, a jerk! jerk. Okay. Oh my God, he's absolutely friendless these days. He's married to a woman who's devoted to him, but no one in oh, his bands good. would be interviewed for this documentary. Um, because he, they loathe him. He said they strongly dislike me. There's video of uh, Graham Nash screaming at him on stage, I hate you, get out. Because he was, um, I mean, he was constantly addicted to heroin and cocaine, at, but also his major downfall was this adrenaline-fueled rage that he was always expressing. He lost people all over the place. Joni Mitchell loathes him. I feel really sorry for him after watching this, but I must say he's a hell of a storyteller and he does have a good memory, believe it or not. Hmm. So I think it's it's worth watching just to get some stories from the 60s because God knows we're in a 60s nostalgia state of mind because of Woodstock. 60, 15, 50 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of stuff happened 50 years ago. <laughs> yeah. W- what a year that was. Yeah, I know. Even more, even more mega and... 
talking about Alex, who knew that 50 years ago the Mott's Caesar was created, <laughs> and she's on the cover of the book. I mean, I'm not even sure she likes Caesars, but that could be another story. Well, she story. doesn't, does she? <laughs> oh, I should. Shh, shh. But like I'm one. sure she likes Kamado juice. Oh, yes, she does. Mm-hmm. Um, or the vodka part. I'm not sure. Okay, so that's uh, w- worth watching? I think it is, but you'll you'll go away feeling that he's he's just wasted his life in a way despite his talent in music okay yeah i know a life with no friends no friends now, i heard that, that that there isn't a person no one will standing who can who can stand him wow it's quite an achievement really well, i mean if you think I, about I don't know it. anybody like I, I i've not heard of anybody like that that's universally loathed um, what about uh, Felicity Huffman? Isn't is off a few people's good good lists, um, but she's in Otherhood on Netflix now. I guess yeah. this was done before all the university drama. I guess so. And she stars with Angela Bassett and Patricia Arquette. It's Mother's Day, and these three mothers haven't heard from their kids. So they decide uh, over some wine to pack up their cars, drive to Manhattan, and show up on their doorsteps. Not such a good idea because Never they have they have dicey relationships to begin with. It's really over top. It's meant to be a comedy. I don't find it too funny. Um, it's it's garish. It these actresses. I can't believe they're saying these words with the kind of enthusiasm they put behind them. I mean, everything's a job, right? But mm-hmm. it's badly written. It's ham handed. It's TV melodrama. All right, well, then let's go back 50 years again and talk about Woodstock. On PBS, on American Experience. Uh, Woodstock was the 13th through the 15th, I think it was, of August 1969. This is going to be on um, on TV this week. Uh, and it looks at Woodstock. We've seen so much about Woodstock, but it looks at it from the point of view of the audience. So the cameras are rolling on the audience. Uh, very interesting perspective, and you learn a lot about the... Um, Things that went on, uh, or things that for the came first off? time we're hearing about, and the things that came <laughs> off, like lots of nude nude bathing and stuff, and wavy gravy ran the security force. They were called the please force, <laughs> <laughs> and there was no violence. All those kids, four hundred thousand people over th- three and a half days, no violence. No one re- was arrested. You know, it was all it was all cool. I mean, we all know what Woodstock was. It was a landmark moment in in cultural history, musical history. Great bands, and I'm sure the Stones are still kicking themselves for not having agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine? You Big regret. Now, another thing from your favorite, Acorn. Uh, my life is murder. <gasps> Lucy Lawless is back, and she's blonde, like Uh-oh. Kate. <laughs> this is gray or silver or whatever it is. It's Platinum. what it's trying to be. Platinum. Platinum. Ash. Platinum. I think it's ash at the moment. Ash blonde. Yeah. Anyway, well, so Lucy's gray. doing this. Oh, good for her. And she, <laughs> <laughs> and she plays a homicide detective who um, has left the force to go out on her own. She's, she's singularly brilliant as an investigator. Uh, and some woman's taken a dive off at 29th Story in Melbourne. And uh, so she gets to the bottom of it. It turns out it may have something to do with a fellow who's a, a male escort. So she hires his services to learn more. Anyway, it's funny. It's cute. She's really smart, great role model, and she has a terrific intern. <laughs> Don't we all? Anyway, thanks, Ed. We have to leave it there. But you can find more movie and TV reviews up now on whatshesaidtalk.com. She said.
Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Joining us now is lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, and you are here today with some really good feel-good news. Yeah, I just wanted to pop by because I think anytime we have feel-good news, we we need to share it. It's important to share it. Absolutely. And I recently learned about the Air Canada Foundation, and I was really impressed with their work. So I figured, you know, when world-renowned brands are doing good things, let's talk about it. You know, for me, it's really important. I mean, for some people it isn't, but I like to do business with companies that give back. Absolutely. And I've always been that way, and I and so it matters, and I didn't even know. I mean, I don't think it's a well-known thing, right? the so, foundation. So what is the Air Canada Foundation? Sure. So the Air Canada Foundation is a not-for-profit organization, and it's actually focused on the health and well-being of children and youth, and it was launched in 2012. So it offers both financial and in-kind support to Canadian registered charities. And it has a few core programs, one of them being the hospital transportation program. So that actually donates Aeroplan miles to 15 pediatric hospitals across Canada. And that enables sick children to get the medical care they need. So for example, if there's a child who lives remotely or doesn't have access, um, immediate access to a local hospital, mm-hmm. uh, through the Air Canada Foundation, they'll actually receive Aeroplan miles so the they child and their family, Toronto. yes, can fly to a hospital for treatment. So. That just warms my heart as, oh, a, as a parent. That I love that. And they also have what's called the Every Bit Counts program. I've seen that on, yes. on flights. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so this is where Air Canada collects small change on flights and in containers in certain Canadian airports and Maple Leaf lounges. And in mm-hmm. 2019, the proceeds of this program are being donated to the Children's Miracle Network and their member hospitals across Canada. And what I like about it is you can even donate foreign currency. Well, that's what I do because yeah. if I'm lucky enough to have been in the lounge, yes, um, I, I just I take that time while I'm having my free breakfast <laughs> or lunch or dinner or whatever to sort out the change because I go back as a force to Australia quite a bit or to England. So it's, I'm not going to you know, take my change. So when I'm going to Australia, I give right. them all my Canadian change. And when I'm coming back, I give them all the Australian change. That's amazing. And you know what? Those toonies and things can add up. They really do mm-hmm. add up. And, and that's why it's called Every Bit Counts. I actually took, I used it twice, or I should say I donated to it twice when we were coming back from the U.S. this year. I, I don't need U.S. Well, change, and it's going to Children's Miracle Network. Yeah, and it's such a win-win because we don't, yes. we, we end up putting it in the bowl on the kitchen counter. Exactly. And it sits there for the and next your 20 years. And can't even pilfer it because they can't <laughs> use it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it, it clears out your wallet yeah. and it helps somebody. It's great. It's a great program. And actually most recently, in fact, just on July 8th, they hosted their annual golf tournament and the Air Canada Foundation raised a record-breaking $1.2 million. Wow. And yeah, this was their eight eighth year hosting it. And for the fifth consecutive year, the foundation raised over $1 million in support of charitable organizations. And again, they're dedicated to the health and well-being of children and youth in Canada. And at the event, there are approximately 350 attendees and over 100 Canadian, U.S., and international companies. Mm-hmm. And what I, I my highlight from the recent golf tournament is Stone and Caleb. Now, these are two young boys who previously benefited from the support of the foundation. And they actually manned a very um, highly coveted lemonade stand. <laughs> oh, oh well, during the tournament. Yes, during Smart the tournament. Smart boys. <laughs> and together, believe it or not, they raised a record-breaking amount of $15,630. <laughs> wow. 
dollars. That's got to be the best lemonade stand <laughs> oh, ever. I know. They were know. enticing those golfers with a refreshing lemonade. Was there somebody in the back pouring a little vodka? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Who knows? <laughs> that, that would be a really 15, special. Yes. Almost 16000 for a lemonade stand. That's, that's it. That's incredible. And I just love the tie-in. We tie need in. to get business lessons from them, Kate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, think from so. Stone and Caleb. And again, they had previously benefited, and so now they're giving, giving back. back. Oh, that's so wonderful. I love. A wonderful That as well. Story. And if we're talking last year, so 2018, the Air Canada Foundation granted over $5.4 million in financial and in-kind support to 275 Canadian registered charities. So they're helping... Yeah. A ton of initiatives. So then, I mean, okay, so I feel bad because it launched in 2012 and we really don't know a whole lot about the foundation. But right. if people want to learn more and maybe, you know, find out what charities they support yes. or if they could do a fundraiser for something, how would they go about getting in touch with them? Very easily. They can go to aircanada.com slash foundation to learn more. Okay. So... Um, this this is great, and that so the golf course just happened. Do we know if anything else or they're coming up? Or? So they always have initiatives rolling out throughout the year. The golf mm-hmm. tournament was just a recent and a huge win. Um, you know, raising over one point two million. Mm-hmm. But towards the holidays, they'll also have another initiative coming up, and I'm hoping to swing back here and tell you about it as well. That's excellent. All right, so Lena Almeida, um, you look like you are off on a. Day out. We are we are enjoying a beautiful day in Vaughn today. Yes, excellent. All right, thank you very much for coming in. And how can people follow you online, Lena? Tell them where you are. They can catch me at Listen to Lena, and that's the number two. Listen to To Lena. Lena. Yes, anywhere. Twitter, Instagram. She's everywhere. I'm everywhere. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. I just spoke to a Meridian advisor about variable versus fixed rate mortgages, and they told me that... Variable rates change based on Meridian's prime rate. Exactly. And that... You could pay your mortgage down faster if Meridian's prime rate goes down. How did you know? I spoke with an advisor, too. So let's get a... a Meridian 5-year variable rate mortgage at 2.90%. Totally. Apply today at meridianmortgages.ca or visit a Meridian branch. Rates subject to change without notice. Some restrictions apply. 2.90% APR assumes the typical example of a new mortgage. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Canadians are living longer and changing what it means to age. But living longer has its challenges and our health has significant financial implications. So joining us now to talk aging well, planning for Plan B, is Nancy Taylor, a senior wealth advisor at Meridian Credit Union. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. So now approximately a third of Canadians retire earlier than planned. Now that's a statistic that certainly stunned Christine when we were talking about it earlier. Because I don't know anybody who's done that. 
Right. I mean, I, I, most people I know want to work past 65. And, you know, if they're downsized, they're looking for something else. They are. So I, that stat really, really surprised me. I think the number one reason is because of health issues. And it's something that's going to impact all of us, but it just it depends on what age it impacts us. So when you say a third of Canadians, a part of that is downsizing, but the other part is the health event. And they haven't, they haven't really planned for that. It's that it's never going to happen to me, you know. And we don't understand the impact that this could have for ourselves and for our loved ones um, on so our families. You're not just talking about a health, a health event on you, the individual, but maybe a spouse or another family member that you have to change your life to care for them. Absolutely. I mean, when I think of my age, I'm looking after a son who's in university. I have um, a mother that's in a hospital and I'm working full time. So, you know, we have a lot on our plates. Yes. And for people that don't properly plan for that, because living longer has its costs. You know, and it's challenges. Yeah, well, you do. And and also, I think people had their children later. They weren't having their children at 20, necessarily. Right. So then you really are part of the sandwich generation. And there's a lot of stress, as we both know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We yeah. both had have had parents that required a lot of support. Mm -hmm. And because we're living longer, the impacts to the family, um, you know, it's so prevalent in my practice right now where there's so many people that have um, they live out of town and their parents live in another city and the impact that has on the family even just between spouses where one has a stroke and the the other partner isn't able to properly care for them and they're living in their home and the costs associated with that you know sometimes because of a health event there's loss of income mm -hmm. and there's um not only the loss of income, but there's what happens if um, the person's not able to um, properly fund that, and then you're relying more on your children to help you. So there's the financial impact. There's out-of-cost drug, uh, drugs that aren't part of our, co our proper coverage. You know, there's so many impacts when it comes to the financial. Okay, so let's go through this, because there's a scenario here, and it's like this is like a family that is going downhill fast, and, and, and hopefully it is only a scenario. But say, dad has a stroke. Mom is unable to care for him, so they need to pay for care. That's one possibility. Yep. Mom wants to stay in the home as she's healthy enough but can't afford the costs of their home and paying for a nursing home for dad or full-time care, because as I know, that's about $600 a day yes. for uh, home, uh, in Ontario. So they weren't financially prepared to pay for care, so they asked the daughter for help. Now, the daughter, who's a nurse, is a single mom who was using mom as a caregiver for her child. So the daughter's working part-time, going to university part-time to improve her income. She drops out of school to help care for dad. Um, so the dad can't, a daughter can't afford to pay for child care on part-time work, moves in with mom and dad to save on housing to afford the child care. And then daughter can't spend as much time with her son as she's helping care for dad. So then you end up with a mom, disabled dad, daughter, grandson, now living in the same house, full of tension and stress, trying to provide care for dad and the grandson while living in tight quarters. So that's just, you know, a nightmare for... It's a worst-case scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not everybody's going to walk away with this scenario. No, but, but parts it's a, of an it, example. I think people can relate to. Yeah. And, and you can just imagine a perfect world if you've planned properly for that where you've um, had the, the family conversation, where you can sit down, because it's going to happen to all of us, it's just a matter of when. So if we can sit down and properly have that conversation openly as a family in the event of a health event, 
you can just imagine how much better planned we would be, how much better, how how equipped we would be to, because um, it's already a stressful heightened time already. Let me ask you this, because I think it would go through a lot of people's minds as we're talking. Can you really fully plan for what may happen? Because there are a gazillion scenarios. So what is your advice to people if they were to come in and say, I want to make sure that I have a buffer? Just it starts just having the conversation. Fidelity, actually, Fidelity Investments put out a great book called Aging Well. And in the book, uh, there's a one-pager in the back that goes over all the people that are important in your life or the people that are important in your family's life that you're caregiving for. It goes over um, you know, who their pharmacist is, who are the neighbors, who is their financial advisor, are there any life insurance policies outstanding? It's just a great one-pager so that if something does happen and you end up in the hospital at any age, whoever is there to look after you has that right in front of them as a great resource guide. That's a great gift you can give your family and your loved ones that are going to be properly caring for you. Because uh, I think we do a really good job planning for when we're no longer here. But what about while we're still here? Mm-hmm. Because we're living so much longer, I think that needs to be part of the conversation and, and maybe even a deeper conversation about what that looks like. You're right. We can't plan for what's going to happen tomorrow. But we all know we're aging. Right. After 50, we start losing our financial awareness. And at 60, it goes down by about 1% a year. So wouldn't it be great in a perfect world to start planning and preparing for that while you're fully financially capable? So what does that look like, preparing? Starts with a conversation Conversation. with your family, sitting down. They're not always open to hearing it, um, especially children. You know, and so you're you're having a conversation about if I get sick. Yeah. What happens if mom is in the hospital, or what happens if you're talking to a parent? Like I had this conversation with my mother. You know, she's diabetic. So I thought, Mom, you know, there may be come a day where you're no, you know, not able to look after yourself. What, what would you like me to do? How do you feel about end of life conversations with mm-hmm. your with your family? Um, because you put it in writing, but for a child to actually act on it, wouldn't it? What a without great, having the conversation. What a great gift you can give your loved ones by just having that conversation about how you feel about do not resuscitate and how you feel about feeding tubes and these things that will be the demise of all of us eventually. Or if you want to have medical assistance in dying, that's something that you have to plan while you still have all your faculties around you. Because if you say you slipped into dementia and you didn't want to live that kind of a life, you can't make the decision then. Right. So you need to alert your family and get, uh, make all those arrangements. Ahead of time. Yeah, definitely ahead ahead of of time. time for sure. But, you know, I think children, I've tried to sort of broach that subject a little bit with my children, um, and they're not very receptive. Mm -hmm. These great guides that are out there, like the one from Fidelity, actually give you different scenarios on how to approach it, because you're right. It's nobody wants to think of their parents no longer with, with them, right? Nobody wants to look at that. But it is inevitable. And if you, they give you different tools and different ways of having that conversation, so one may not work, but another one might. Mm-hmm. So I encourage listeners to pick up a resource book, sit down with a financial advisor and have the conversation, and then maybe approaching the family. And even having a, a conversation with the advisor, with the whole family. So there's a third a person idea. there. Do you do that? We sometimes? do. All financial advisors do. Really? Because we, we want to, number one, we would love to meet the next generation because they're the future inheritance, um, you mm-hmm. know. So... 
on, but I, we also want to protect their loved ones as well and make sure that they've got all their ducks in an order on, when it comes to planning for how they age. Because aging well today means so much different than it did 10 years ago. You know, I have 80-year-olds that are still golfing and playing tennis and have a great lifestyle, but I have 60-year-olds that aren't in good health. So it affects all of us. And I think um, using these resources, because it's different now, things have changed. So you have to change how you approach them. It can't be just the same Mm -hmm. thing that we've always done, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what a wonderful uh, lens to look through. And, you know, 8 million Canadians are unpaid caregivers. So there's a lot of us out there that would really benefit by going down this road and, and planning properly and using these resource guides. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's, it's very important to have the conversation, no matter how difficult it is with your parents, about do they want to be able to stay at, at the home? Are there preparations to co- help cover the expense if you want to stay at home? Because, you know, some people are terrified of, of going to a, a retirement home or, you know, maybe it's just like having that conversation about going to see various places now to decide what your parent might want to do in the future so that they're not afraid. Because I think yeah. afraid is what many are. I think fear is what stops us from mm-hmm. looking at it. And fear is what stops the kids from wanting to talk about it with their parents. Mm-hmm. But... Um, In a perfect scenario, I think if you can overcome that fear through conversation and communication, Mm -hmm. I think that's really key because it takes it takes it takes that fear away and allows you to move to the next level. So, Nancy, where can people go to learn more and and access those resources that you were talking about? You can reach us at www.meridian.cu.ca. Um, we have all our advisors listed on the website uh, and just reach out to a financial advisor and, and start the conversation. All right. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. (sighs) Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Think fancy fold-away screens are out of reach? Well, things just got interesting with Vista One retractable screens. Three models, smart technology, and innovative components like pleated mesh for extra strength. Transform any opening by adding a Vista One retractable screen and increase your living space, enjoy fresh air, keep insects out, and do it all in style. With a unique, affordable line of screens exclusive to Vista One, you're sure to find the perfect design match. Book a free consultation or go online to VistaOneInc.com, like I did. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Get up off my table with all my things on. Peace out to something we know won't last long. I can't ride this way with you. Way before Time to get away from you I'ma let you do you classic You and I can't have it Ay. No more Competing for the spotlight 
stages and I'm through with dealing with all of your faces. What you are listening to is I'm Good, the new single by Canadian singer Rhea, who joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Hi, thank you for having me. Hi. Now, people may remember you from season one of the launch. Tell us a little bit about how you got started and how you ended up there. For sure, yeah. Um, So I had an acting agent at the time, and uh, she would book uh, singing gigs or acting gigs, and this one actually just came up to be like a singing one. So she called me, and she said, Vic, like, oh my gosh, I have this really exciting show that would be great if you would be in it. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. So it was just like a low-key, like, upcoming, like, uh, you know, CTV, like, show. So I auditioned for it, and... um, after a few rounds online, it turned out to be good, and I I went on to this TV show, and it was it was great. I met Boy George, which was insane. So yeah, but it was a good experience for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 it's 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 good that you know who Boy George is. Yeah, because I'm thinking, wow, you know, I, I even felt old. Karma, when Boy karma, George karma, 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 and still popular. Yeah, yeah, no, he's great. Um, so so tell us what your new single is about. For sure. Um, so I'm good is about bad relationships, um, more specifically friendships, like moving forward and stuff like that. So I've always had problems with like friends, like my whole childhood. So this one just means a lot to me. What do you mean you've had problems? And what do you mean? Just um, like friends just not being there and just like a lot of like horrible things. Like I used to be bullied when I was small. So mm. it, yeah, it was just a lot of things. So, so is this people not being who they just, appear yeah, to be not and being, not being there for you? And, yeah, not being like a 50-50 kind of thing. Like right. me always putting in the work and the effort and never getting anything back. So Takers. Yeah, takers, yeah. definitely. And so I'm good means you've come to a point where... Where I'm fine without those people and only good vibes and good people in my life. Good yeah. girl. <laughs> for sure. So you're working on your debut EP right now? I am, yeah. So uh, we are halfway done. We have about like six songs mm-hmm. ready to go, but I'm really excited. Yeah. So what's the sound like? It's um, So it's pop R&B, mm-hmm. and some of the R&B um, is very kind of like old school, but kind of modern at the same time, so it kind of has two different things, which Fusion. I find really cool. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> so just a little bit of like LMA or like uh, Daniel Caesar. And then also kind of has like more of an aggressive kind of like SZA kind of cool. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. So how can people connect with you on online? Where can they find you? Yeah. So I have a YouTube channel, which is on YouTube. It's just Victoria Azevedo. And um, I have my Instagram and it's Victoria A.A. Azevedo and just like Rhea at like the, in my bio. Um, but yeah, those are my two main Okay. Platforms. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is it for what she said this weekend. We'll be back again next Saturday at noon right here on 1059 The Region. But right now, singing us out in our live studio sessions, here is Rhea performing I'm Good. One, two, three. it up with the sudden to let it out. So I could see how deep in the light you go down. Now you can stop trying to hustle me again with a fake smile Ooh, oh, ooh, oh, oh. I can't cry this way with you like I used to cry the way before It's my time to get away from you I'ma let you do you, that's it You and I can't happen, ayy No more 
Competing for the spotlight, yeah If we ain't ever cool again, it's alright, yeah Cause you ain't never meant to be in my life I'll be good, I'll be, I'll be good, yeah Everything happens in seasons and stages And I'm through with dealing with all of your faces Goodbye All out of patience, it's time for some changes I'm over the games and the way you behaving Goodbye No more Competing for the spotlight Yeah If we ain't never cool again It's alright Yeah Cause you ain't never meant to be in my life I'll be good I'll be, I'll be good Yeah No more for the spotlight, yeah. If we never cool again, it's alright, yeah. Cause you ain't never meant to be in my life. I'll be good, I'll be, I'll be good, yeah. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.